You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Well, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. The arrival of the first grandchild marks the beginning of a new generation and the continuation or branching of a family's tree. And so we were sitting around dinner table the other night, remarking on the odds of our family name being carried forward. And our family, our son is the last with the ability to continue that name. No pressure, Ben. None. <laughs> None at all. Just saying. <laughs> In my dad's family, there is one cousin who has that on his shoulders and he and his wife just had a baby, a girl. Oh. So it's funny. I, I hadn't thought about that. But if you just have a couple of kids... And, and people the, are having fewer and, and fewer. The people, yeah, people are having fewer and your daughter decides to change her name, which most do. Yeah. And Houston. It's on Houston for it's you. It's on you, Houston. Just realized <laughs> the gravity. I know. Well, there's so many beautiful scriptures um, about family. And Psalm 128, 6 says that, well, it's actually a request. May you see your children's children. It's like mm, a blessing. Yeah. And in Genesis 18, 17 through 19, the Lord explains why he chose Abraham. This is a quote, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. God knew Abraham would pass on what God taught him to future generations. He expected it. Yeah, as part of, as the patriarch of mm -hmm, the whole family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Moses did the same thing, yeah. right? He commanded the people of Israel before they entered the promised land. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so you don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them in Deuteronomy 4. So it was expected. You would not only be teaching your own children, you'd be teaching your grandchildren. Right. It's your legacy. Yeah. And I, yeah, why is that? That has not really dawned on me. Like, I mean, hmm. that it was in scripture. It dawned on me like, oh, yay, I get to do things with Dottie Lou and I get to teach her this and that and... And certainly I would want to pass along a personal faith mm -hmm. story to her. But I don't know. And I but guess was I was a responsibility just, like yeah, that. Yeah. I was doing the mom thing uh -huh. for so long that I was just kind of keeping my eyes on those next few steps in front of me. And, mm -hmm. and now the road is, well, the road in front of me is getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> hey now. And Wait then, <laughs> and then you, yeah, you get a grandchild um, or two and you realize, wow, this is such a cool privilege. Yeah. To do that such again. Such a beautiful, a beautiful privilege. You found this proverb that I love. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. That's beautiful. Kind of circular. Yeah. And we don't all get that privilege, right? We don't all get the privilege of having children, let alone grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So it is. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's not just a given for everyone and for every family. And so... I think you do need to count your blessings for sure and realize what a joy and a blessing and a privilege that is. Yeah. So we're going to unpack kind of a Christian worldview of grandparenting, but we're going to do some fun stats and think interesting facts mm. first. Right. So show me the money, Renee. <laughs> David would say, um, she has. She has. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in America, the average age of the first time grandparent is 50. I was right on time. That seemed young for me. I thought so too, but it's, it's the average age. Oh, so it true. depends on your demographic. So some of the demographics of friends that I've been with had children very young. And so that just means they're going to be very young mm -hmm. grandparents, mm -hmm. likely. And then there, there's other friends I have that we all waited longer. So it's it's no surprise right. that some of us are waiting longer to be grandparents. Um, and the, that grandparents in the United States have on average four to five grandchildren. Which, so you think they have a couple kids and those kids have a have couple, couple kids. kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this number killed me that you found. <laughs> <laughs> that we spend annually a collective $179 billion, with a B on our grandkids, according to new research from AARP. Yep. So that's an average of over $2,500 a year per grandkid. I'm, I'm, Are you budgeting for that I in think, your retirement? Because. <laughs> I'm above average, David. Am I above average? You would be like, woman. You're always above average. Woman, you are definitely above average. 
But I don't, I mean, that was a point. I don't think we budget for that in your retirement income. Exactly. To think about, oh, wait, I got to have an extra, however however many grandkids you have, Mm -hmm. $5,000 a year coming in. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. And there's always, one of the first questions that came up when we found out Emma and Thomas were having a baby is, what's our name going to be? Oh, gosh. Yes. What? I don't think that used to be a thing as much as it is today. I it just, know. It, they I just know. called you what they called you, but now it's definitely, yeah, the moniker matters. The many young grandparents-to-be, I think they have a hard time seeing themselves as grandparents in the first place because it means you're old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. We have this phobia of age in our country, don't we? Yes, we do. We, we, we can't stand the thought of getting older. And I guess, I mean, sometimes the disconnect is we just think of grandparents as being really old, gray-haired, curmudgeonly, right. kind of out of step mm-hmm. with culture or the current changes. And so, yeah, I think in some ways we just think, oh, I'm too young to be a grandparent when we get the news. But I don't know. I didn't think that. I just thought, oh, yay, I'm young enough to not be old and curmudgeonly <laughs> to be <laughs> right, a you're grandparent. Active. You're able to go yeah. and do the things with your grandkids yeah. that maybe you couldn't before, which is yeah. such, that's a really cool. So I think a lot of ways... Um, when you're young like that, to counteract the old image is to get a fun little name. Yeah. We thought and thought. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm going to be using this name. Like, I'm going to be hearing it mm-hmm. for decades to come, Lord mm-hmm. willing. So I wanted to be good. So what are you? I'm Nay or Nay Nay. But okay. she really mostly just says Nay. Uh-huh. David is Pops. Okay. But we didn't consult with the other grandparents. We kind of made a tactical error because the other grandparents are Lindy, which I love. That's her name's Linda, mm-hmm. and Pop. So okay. there's Pop and Pop. So really, it's just like, but they know they all kn- granddads are pops. Yeah, and <laughs> that, yeah, she knows who she's talking about. Sure, whether she whether she says it or not. I I put a question out on social media about like, hey, what are your fun grandparent names? Mm-hmm. And I got things like this. One grandmother's name is Birdie. Because her first name is Robin. Oh, I love that. That I was like, she wins. I love That's that. That's the best. <laughs> I love it. Not just a competition, but I, I kind of make everything a competition. So yeah, that's a great name. And then one of my friends said, you remember that uh, we had kids at the same time looking at you, Mary, and sh- her dad was Papa, but it turned to Bapa, B-O-P-P-A. <laughs> And he's still, she's like 24 years later and great grandkids in the mix. He's Bapa. He's Bapa. I love that. Yeah. And then um, she, my friend Mary said her cousin's married name is Corn. So her girls call their paternal grandfather Popcorn, which is also very cute. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then, but there's a lot of takes on first names. So there was a Jen Jen and a Big Steve. Okay. Which was just big mm-hmm. in the beginning, which also, I think it should have stayed big. I love <laughs> that. I love that. My friend Danielle, uh, her grandmother, her grandmother's last name is King. We hope to have her on sometime uh-huh. and uh, for this series. And they just call her King. And I was like, that is phenomenal. I mean, I would love to be walking around. Everybody talk about the matriarch of the family. Call me King. Just yes. call me King. I'm the King. <laughs> That's right. Pharaoh. I'm going to be Pharaoh. <laughs> and David's like, thank goodness our last name is not King. <laughs> oh, me. And then and then just the names of grandmothers. Uh, I have to throw this in. Drusilla and Irva. So Drusilla comes from the Bible, which I did not know. Um, she said Drusilla wrestled a cow and came out the winner. Oh. Is that really true? I don't know. Maybe I she means her Drusilla. That's what I'm thinking. I don't remember anybody wrestling a cow in either. scripture. Irva. She said, killed an alligator with an iron. Huh. No, no, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> that's, that one's not. So maybe they both so maybe they both just did this in real life. Yeah. Which maybe they lived in Florida. I could see you wrestling an alligator if you lived in Florida. So maybe that's, um, that would be an interesting thing for a, a grandparent name too, is the thing that you do or the thing that you're known for. Yeah. So what would I you like call that? Him? Gator beater. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. That I mean, that's an Indian way to name things, right? Right. Yeah. She who stands with a fist or she whatever. She who beats it is. alligator with iron. <laughs> yeah, it's a mouthful for a two-year-old, who, but you know, she it who works. wrestles cow. It works. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. It is fun to choose a grandparent name. It's very fun, and sometimes you just get what comes out of their mouth. Yep. And that's you forevermore. And that's I dub you. Thee. Mm-hmm. 
So like Granny, Gaga, G Mom, I mean yep. Grandpa, those are all common names. Chief, Pops. Yeah. There's a lot more. I mean, mine were just grandmother and granddaddy, grandma and grandpa. Yeah. We had a grandmother and granddaddy and then a mamma and papa. Yeah. So yeah, it just depends. Yeah. I, I think, like that. I think where you're from in the country, it depends too. Yeah, that's probably true. There, I also, you know me, I love to look around the world at parenting things. And so when we were looking at names, I looked around the world at um, grandparent names. And there's some beautiful, mm. in other languages, beautiful names for grandparents. Nona. Oh, right. In Italian. It was really beautiful. Or Nana was another one. So I, yeah, I was like, that's really cool, but we're not Italian. So nay, it is. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Nay works. Nay works for you. So a separate issue is that being a grandparent at an early age can put you out of step with your peers, right? Because not everybody has grandkids and has to stay home and keep the grandkids or spend play dates with their grandkids. It can be hard to turn down going out with your friends, even... When you are getting to babysit that grandchild and even the best of friends, not me though, Renee, <laughs> may tire of hearing about grandchildren when they don't have any of their own. Yeah. I mean, being a, being a grandparent, any life change requires adjustments, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I talked with Emma about this just a little bit. And I was like, I want you to always call me like if there's a last minute something that comes up, please feel free like, like you can. But we're going to go on and live our life and we're going to have our date nights and we're going to have our stuff with friends and... So sometimes um, maybe you can, and sometimes you can't. Right. And it's fine to ask. Um, and if and if I say no, you know, it's just because we already have something going on. Yeah. But we did want to real quick, like get her used to sleeping here because they mm. sleep, they go to bed so early when they're little. Yeah. We thought, man, if she could sleep here in the playpen, they could, you know, even if we had friends, we've done it when y'all were here yep. for dinner, we just lay her down and then we go on with our night mm-hmm. and then they can do their thing. So yeah, we just kind of talked about that ahead of time because I wanted to be that person. That's good to do. That's a good probably rule of thumb to yeah. talk to your daughters and sons about, and how, about how, we, how we need this to work for yeah. all of us. Yeah, because, you know, I'm surprised at how many young parents don't really think through like, okay, if we're both working, like what's going to happen next? And how's, and, and how's that going to work? And if you want the grandparent to be the childcare person, like, it's not just a given. You better just talk about that. <laughs> like they have lives too, like yeah. you're saying, you know, and not all of them are willing to step in or can step in physically exactly. to that role. It's exhausting. Exactly. And so you, you want to talk about it sooner rather than later because time is flexibility. Mm. You don't want to be caught into a, in a corner and you don't have very many options. Good point. All right, let's talk trends. So according to The Economist, two big demographic demographic trends are making Nana and Gramps more important. So first of all, we're all living longer. Mm-hmm. Yay. Praise God for that. <laughs> Global life expectancy has risen from 51, age 51. Globally. Yeah. Yeah. To 72 since 1960. And second, our families are shrinking. Over that same period of time, which is what, 60 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of babies a woman can expect to have in her lifetime has fallen by half from 5 to 2.4. That means the ratio of living grandparents to children is steadily rising. Which is a good thing. Yay. Yeah. More of us are getting blessed uh-huh. to see that next generation come along. Yeah. And so depending on what country you're in and what your fertility rate is and your life expectancy, all those things, the grandparent ratio obviously is going to differ. So in China, where fertility rates were kept artificially low, a single grandchild probably will have both parents and all four grandparents caring for him. Yeah, we saw that. You know, we've talked about that on here before. I saw the them. It was like um, planets orbiting uh-huh. the sun. All these people running around this one little child in a stroller. Right. And they are the, la- you know, the hope, uh, the final hope. Like we were talking about for yeah. the whole family yeah. line. It's a yeah. lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So in Senegal, by contrast, where large families are the norm, some grandmothers may count 30 or more grandchildren. Yeah. My grandmother was always so proud to count her grandchildren. And she knew, she knew us all in order. With our birthdays, like she, she proudly counted all 12 of us out and she would have loved 15, 20, 25. She would have wow. loved having as many as possible. Well, just two generations ago, my uh, great uncles up in the Northeast, they, one of them had 11 children, one of them had 13 and they had a trouble remembering their own children's names, <laughs> let alone the number of grandchildren that would have come from that number of kids. It's so, so many. It is. It's, it's just a different way to think about about family. 
So depending on your age and ability, being a grandparent can be, you know, a really, you can be really actively involved. You can be there to lend a hand in childcare, to give the, the mom a break, allow them to work outside the home. Um, it, we see this, I think we're seeing this more and more, really. Uh, yeah. Grandparents. Stepping in. Stepping, stepping in out. and mm-hmm. helping with the child care. At least part-time. Mm-hmm. At least part-time. Like two days. I talked to a lot of grandparents who do it two days a week, mm-hmm. three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you said your husband's grandfather. Yeah, my husband's yeah. grandfather. He was in his 80s. Um, they had a great grandchild and he kept him by himself for most of the day. A, a small crawling baby. You know how you know how it is oh, to keep up yeah. after those. They're into everything. They're walking. They're falling. Yes. You know, you have to change diapers, all that. He he did that until the child was probably four or five, something like that. It's so beautiful to watch. Whew. That was That's a lot to it, ask of an I mean, 80 plus year old. You're, you're just going to have to know that they can't like they're. There's, they're going to have to do a lot of path of least resistance. Yes. Guardianship. Right. At let's that just, point. Let's just survive. Mm-hmm. Everybody's clean and fed by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call that a win. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then if you're younger, that not, might not be what you're doing. That was one of the things when I, we had Kira Whitaker on recently. Mm-hmm. I loved talking to her. When I went to her for yoga, private yoga instruction originally, that was one of her first questions was, why are you here? And my answer was, well, I'm a grandparent now and I want my body to work the best that it can for as long as it can. And I'm going to do a lot of bending and picking up that I haven't done. I mean, just, you just kind of don't do it anymore. Right. So that probably works in your favor though, right? It keeps you young. Yes. Oh yeah. It, it, it does. I'm so grateful for it. I'm just shocked at how much less I move my body um, just in the normal course of everyday life once my kids were teenagers and adults. So it's such a slow, gradual change. Right. You don't realize like how many times you're squatting in a day. How many times? Well, you do now because <laughs> I feel different at the end of the day. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. You know, you can be sore in spots you, you weren't normally sore in. Sure. You know, versus the years we were vacuuming the house with kids on our hips. Right. You're, yeah. You're not carrying around a baby carrier and or a kid on your hip. Yep. 20 pounds here, 20 pounds there. It can be a really different experience. And, you know, I've watched my my own parents be grandparents for the first time at, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. 50-ish, 50-something. Then when my youngest brother married and had children much later, they were almost 20 years older doing it all over again. Big difference. It was a real big difference. Wow, yeah. But still very committed to being super involved in the lives of their grandchildren. It just, you know... looks a little bit yep. different yep. physically. It does. We had, uh, I had two sets of grandparents that both were living when I was young. And um, one of them was probably, like you said, 10, 20 years older than the other, just mm-hmm. by the virtue of how young my parents were. And yeah, there was a big difference in what they did to interact with us, what they could do, how they played in the mm-hmm. yard or didn't, mm-hmm. what kind of meals they made or didn't, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking of somebody I want to talk to. Emma's dance teacher from Indianapolis, Miss Pearl. She's one of the most active grandparents I know. And she does these uh, super fun, like, Nana camps. Oh, yeah. With her grandkids. (laughs) And there's, like, a theme for the whole Mm -hmm. week and everything. I'll have to, we'll have to get her on because. So that's great for, like, a distance. Yes. Like, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But one one set of my grandparents, well, they, both of ours lived eight hours away. Yeah. And so we were seeing them maybe once a year. That would be our family vacation was to go see the grandparents. Mm-hmm. But that, what a fun thing for grandchildren who don't live like yours do. Yeah. You know, in the same community is to just have a, let's do a nanny game. Maybe if you have 30 grandchildren, that wouldn't be ideal for them all to come at yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> but to stagger it and say, hey, this week is for this set of children's children and this week is for the next I think that would be so fun yeah I mine I had both so I had my mom's parents lived right behind us love love that arrangement uh and it was just such a blessing to me so we just bebopped over there through the cow pasture whenever and hung out so we just did it was really more like everyday life there was there wasn't except for just the normal highlights at Christmas or Thanksgiving you know big deal. There's no Nana camps. Right. That would be silly. That would have been the silliest right. thought ever. <laughs> but my dad's parents lived far away and 
And so, yeah, we only saw them a couple of times a year. And my dad's mom was really great at writing letters. She's an amazing writer. And so we got to know each other more through the mail. Yeah, that's true. Which I guess you could FaceTime nowadays or text even, that kind of thing. Well, we did too. We wrote letters. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if your interaction that way made it um, just sort of a matter of course, your relationship with elderly people in general. Because for me, I think I had a hard time kind of onboarding. I just wasn't around older people. Mm. And I didn't really know how to react to older people. I didn't really know you have to speak up louder when you're with them or, you know, be a little slower when you're walking and that kind of thing. It took me a lot of years, Mm. like decades, really, before I started interacting with really older people to get how they actually work. So I think that's a really good benefit for your kids. Mm -hmm. You're right. If they're around just their grandparents Mm -hmm. to see, oh, okay, this is ages differently. You know, what I've noticed when I watch like um, my friend Danielle's grandmother and Danielle's children. So these are her great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So there's probably like an 80 year age difference. Um, They move about the same pace. Yeah. There's this beautiful synchronicity in like the pace of life. I mean, little kids can get busy and run, run, run. But really, you know, the little children are learning. Right. It's fun to watch them. Kind that of is such keep... a beautiful picture. Because, yeah, you're right. As parents, a lot of times we're like, come on, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And grandparents do not. Grandparents are like, oh, can you slow down for me a little bit? Yeah. We don't. You're right. We don't I hurry. I love that. It's almost um, meditative to like walk at the pace of Dottie Lou. Mm-hmm. Because you just have to slow down. <laughs> I remember even as a young mom feeling that too, just like, oh, walking at their pace. The yeah. few times I stopped enough to think about it. Right. It's, it's just easier to just pick them up and go walk along your way That's and right. get, your, get your list finished or whatever. Yep. But maybe you're as a grandparent, you can't pick them up and walk along the way. We're, yeah. we're just going to walk at our steps. We're going to mm-hmm. take the steps really slow. I love that. That's, oh, it's it's really fun to watch. Sweet. It's almost like it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about time together because this these statistics surprised me, Bonnie. I guess I, because I had one set that lived nearby and one set that lived far away. And for a while, we were far from both of our sets of parents. So our kids were far away from their grandparents for like six and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, these numbers, they're actually encouraging to me. 42% of grandparents see their grandchildren every week. Every week. That's almost half. Yeah, it's more than I thought given our mobile society where yeah. we're all kind of away from each other that's really cool 22 percent see them daily that's a goal that's my personal goal (laughs) get to that 22 percent and then 48 percent of grandparents say they wish they could spend more time with their grandchildren yeah and 46 percent about half say they spend the perfect amount of time together (laughs) only six say i wish we could see them a little less often Uh they're over here a little time well i get that like if you're you know for those grandparents who are raising their grandchildren you know uh, you know, of course, I would do that if there was some emergency. But you you lose that privileged position of being the grandparent. You yeah, you have to kind of move into the grandparent and uh, the parent role. And right. I wondered if that was in that six percent. Yeah, probably. Or they're probably. I mean, yeah, we'll get into some of these yeah. trends where yeah, grandparents are taking over all the care. Yeah, in some cases. So I think most parents in general are happier entrusting their children to grandma than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Like if you could leave your child with a grandparent and go back to work, that would be probably your first choice. I was always so at ease when my kids were with the grandparents. I knew they were really well loved. Yeah. And having fun. no question they're going to love them like you do. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maybe a little too much love sometimes. (laughs) So grandparents love the kids. You're typically not paying them for those services. Uh, And babysitters are primo right now. And they're often available, like you said, on short notice, if you can work that out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. In Mexico, grandmothers help look after nearly 40% of children under six. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's a lot. And during an average week in America, 50% of very young children and 35% of primary schoolers see a grandparent. So I think that speaks to our working... Uh-huh. class the t- double income uh-huh thing God, yeah. well, i'll pick you up after school i mean it may not be an all-day thing it's just i'm available in the afternoon yeah. so i'll go pick them up and have them until dinner time yeah my mother-in-law did That's that cool. with um my niece and they had a really special bond and relationship because those were the hours yeah you just that know they spent together you get yeah. that little time together so and the care of grandparents is actually good for grandchildren i mean 
there is this stereotype of like they we overindulge and we spoil, but um, in Africa, the presence of a grandmother makes it more likely that a child will will survive. Right, more resources, mm-hmm. more eyes on, mm-hmm. more interaction, and we're going to see later on. Um, there's actually even more cool statistics on the benefits of um, grandchildren and grandparents being together quite a bit. Right. So there's this website, grandfamilies.org. Um, and it's kind of a clearinghouse for information about adoption and foster care and, and financial help, that kind of thing. And on that, uh, they're giving some U.S. Census data that shows 7.1 million American grandparents are living with their grandchildren under 18. Yeah. So when you say a grand family, that, what does that mean? That like, is that a new term? I've never heard of, like, grand family. I've never heard of it either. I think it's grandparents being mostly responsible for their grandchildren. Okay. So, like I was saying about, like, in the case of, right. like, a distressing situation. Yes. or Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, 2.3 million. Not quite half of those grandparents are totally responsible for their grandchildren. About a third of those kids are younger than six. So, yeah. depending on the age of the grandparent, they're totally now responsible for a kid six and under and half of the grandparents who are responsible for their grandchildren are over 60. Mm-hmm. So that's cutting into what you maybe thought was your retirement plan mm-hmm. or your, Hey, we're going to get in an RV and drive around the country, you know, mm-hmm. because something has happened to that family. Generations United, which is a Washington DC based nonprofit that was launched more than 35 years ago in partnership with AARP advocates for these grand families. And they say grandparents have been stepping in to raise grandchildren since the beginning of our country. But this has increased in recent years and they see spikes whenever there's a crisis. Right. So they're, they're talking about two major crises, at least in our country. Right. I really can't speak with the West, rest of the world, but um, you're talking about parental substance abuse, incarceration, or death of a parent are among the many reasons grandparents might take in their grandkids. But in particular... You think about the pandemic, at least 140,000 children were orphaned by the pandemic and are now living with grandparents. That's just the U.S. So that's got to be, you know, yeah. some other countries, Italy, I'm thinking of in particular, right. was hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, that's probably the case in a lot of other countries, too. Right. Oh, yeah, that's wow. And then they said the other crisis is the opioid epidemic. Which is again is probably fairly American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The number of Americans living in a multi generational household, three or more generations, has nearly quadrupled over the past decade. Quadrupled um, in ten years? Two hundred and seventy one percent from twenty eleven to twenty twenty one. Holy cow. Um, and maybe they started to live together because of the COVID pandemic. So you've got older children now coming home from mm-hmm. wherever they were to a safe place. Um or an older parent who comes to live with the family just to make caregiving a little easier or the, the crisis situations that we were talking about before where the grandparents are taking over um, wow. caregiving. So households are just beginning to look different. I think that, I mean, these reasons, some of them are very tragic and, and bad, yeah. but I think it, it sounds like a blessing to me it can be for a lot of you can make for it the, be for the children mm-hmm. and the actually for the grandparents too like i i think we isolate so much the way we live our lives in the united states we like live in these single family homes and yeah bring out the david brooks article sure you know the nuclear family is dead it's just it's a it's like the hardest way to live life it is but without you, resources you i mean you think about it's hard in a normal way of life if you have children who are grieving you know one parent say they and they've lost both parents now and they're with their grand that's a huge transition for everyone involved because the grandparents have lost their kids yeah yeah Um, so everybody in the household is grieving and figuring Mm -hmm. out this new way of life and change so that's got to be stressful on everyone and if you're and unexpected and and all the things um so yes it's a blessing but i imagine it's got to be really hard yeah foster situations and um abuse situations drug abuse to navigate those roads yeah with the parents yeah the path that brought you there that's not the path i'm thinking of i'm thinking of more like um just what well, kind of what i experienced where we're just like all near each other and available to help each other and not because of you know an addiction or an incarceration sure. or death but just because um 
just because we're able to live close. Mm-hmm. And wow, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. We it wasn't just my grandparents; we had cousins and next door on either side. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking of it from a kid's perspective. Yes, I am. It might have been a little different from your your parents' my perspective, parents. having that burden yeah. of a of caregiver of you and the older and generation the older. too. Yeah, it changes your perspective as you go through the. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's the like I used to think life. camping was super fun. Yeah, till you camped. Till I camped as an adult. <laughs> Wrong. Now, eh. now tell me how many times you camped <laughs> in your lifetime. Only the times you made me. <laughs> However many has that, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And this leads to another factor that um, we haven't talked about, which was the economic climate is causing people to move in together. And... Um, the top reported causes for forming a multi-generational household are the need for elder care. So the grandparents need care, mm-hmm. child care, and that's, that's a 34% and 34%. That's evenly divided. Yeah. Uh, job loss, 30%. Healthcare costs for one or more family members, 25%. Cultural or family expectations, 23%. Education or retraining expenses, 23%. And and the cool thing is 98% of the people surveyed said their household functions successfully. Yeah. When they do this arrangement. Right. Everybody's pulling the resources. You've got a an earning young adult, an earning uh retiree and an earning, you know, middle income kind of person. So yeah. you're all pulling your resources and it just helps rise everybody rise. Yeah. Family relationships and interactions rise, which is really it's really good. I w- I can't wait to get into that that topic. Well, we're about to get right into it yeah. on emotional support, but let's talk about the, the additional, was it additional accessory dwelling unit, ADU? The ADU. Yeah. So yeah, we just talked to our contractor. We just turned our a barn into a little small apartment. And he said, that's the number one project he's working on now. Everybody wants them for the reasons we just talked about yeah. all the economic things and the social emotional reasons. Um, and we built it for our son and his wife who are kind of in between. They're, they're still trying to go to school right now um, to just sort of have a soft landing place. Yeah, just to give them a little economic boost because right. you're, you're like providing this rent-free a space. A cushion, yeah. yeah, for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you guys did the same thing for your yeah. kids. We did. When Emma went to college, we were looking at buying a house on, uh, near the campus and we couldn't find one we liked. And we thought, well, we could just build a detached garage and apartment. You never have enough garage space. You just say to right. a man, hey, you want another garage? <laughs> one man there's says your ne- no to that. There's your negotiating tool, ladies. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, seriously, it ended up being a great spot for her. Then she married in college and they lived there. And then Houston moved in and really quickly married and they lived there. It's been a great launching pad. We call it the newlywed nest. But my dad's like, you're putting an elevator in that thing for your mother one day if she needs to be there. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah. even change the downstairs into more living and do it all, you know. Right. So it's multi-purpose. You can use it for, yeah, older parents. You can use it for younger children, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And then in between, you know, it could also be a a rent situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's really... It's been super fun, I'll say. You know, we just promised we would never knock on their door and give them their privacy. They don't knock on our door and they just walk in. <laughs> but no, I do love it. I, I'm teasing. It's it's really fun to have the back and forth, but have a little bit of space. Yeah. It's not like they're living upstairs. Yeah, I would agree. It's worked out. It's worked it's out really for us fun. too. Yeah. It's nice to see them occasionally, but you're not on top of each other. Yeah. So it's very nice. Let's talk about how grandparents provide emotional support because this to me is one of the most, well, personally, it was one of the most beneficial things for me as mm-hmm. being a grandchild. And so it's one of my things I focus on a lot as a grandmother. I want to be emotionally supportive of my grandchild, grandchildren, and my children too, my grown children. Like I want to support them in their parenting journey. So I've got to say, I've watched you doing this because I didn't have that relationship with my grandparents. Like I said, they were far away. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, I mean, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, even though she's little, your grandchild is little, you know her, you know what she likes to eat, you know, her favorite things, you know, when she's cranky mm-hmm. and, and all the stuff. And I imagine if you're allowed to, that's going to continue up all the way through high school. You're just going to know her. And so you're able to kind of easily 
step into her life and, and give her what she needs. Yeah, I was trying to put this into words, what I experienced and what I'm aiming for. What my grandmother gave me was she was just a soft place to land. You know, like I could just pop over there and I mean, yeah, she could comfort me, but she was a sounding board in a way that my parents couldn't be because she was a more neutral, like one generation detached right. person in my life. And so, yeah, she gave me um, non-judgmental listening ear. Mm-hmm. She gave me practical advice when I asked. She would share her life experiences and I could just listen to how she grew up and how she lived her life. And it just, I don't know, it broadened my perspective on the world. It made me feel extremely safe and loved. I was going to say that. I think that's the main thing that I see. Not that Emma doesn't do this. Of course she does. But you and David, 110% of the time, light up when that child walks in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You are so glad there's never a time that... You know, you you mm-hmm. stop what you're doing. It's all about her. Yeah. And what a child growing up with that, when I walk in the room, this is what, how I'm received. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're right. What they're getting. And, you, and not moms can't always do that. No, I mean, you can't, no, you cannot be at that level of like yeah. intense, extreme <laughs> excitement right. every time your child leaves the room and comes back in. You're right. There's a great podcast called On the Trail and it's a great blend of psychology and prayer Mm-hmm. and just kind of a holistic view of us as body, soul, and spirit. And they talk a lot about um, attachment and how um, it when you come to Christ, it really needs to be um, an attachment-based relationship before anything else, before behavior. Mm-hmm. So they call it ABC, Attachment Behavior Community. So when, when a baby is born, there's a triangle, and there's the baby and the mother and the father. And mostly the baby and the mommy are looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with delight, the mommy's looking at the baby. And the dad is looking at the mom and the baby also with delight. But the baby's more connected to the mom initially. And there's stuff that goes on in your brain. Like developmentally, you're developing an attachment to these two people who brought you into the world in those first like handful of months. And in the best of circumstances, you're realizing what you just said. You're realizing you bring delight to these two people. These people love you. These people are your safe space. And then you learn behaviors as you grow of what it means to be a part of that family. And then you have a community that's even broader. And that's true in your family of origin. That's true in a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to come to Jesus and, and go, okay, well, lots of people do. Here's how you have to behave. Right. In order to be loved. Here he is, and right. he's going to save you, but you must behave this way. Right. And so that doesn't work out so well. Eventually, mm-hmm. you can't white, you, you go, I can't white knuckle my way anymore. That, to me, is how grandparenting, you know, how I was grandparented well. is like, it was an attachment. Like, yeah, I was their delight. Mm-hmm. They delighted in me. And they didn't have to make all the hard calls. Right. So they're for parenting the for, in general. Yeah. Unless, yeah. You're in this unless you're in the crisis situation. Yeah. The crisis situation. And that was a beautiful supplement to to good parenting. It sure just, it is. The more people you have in your wow. life and like, who have your back and who are in your corner telling you how awesome you are. Yeah. That, that's gotta. But so well. the the studies say that grandparents can really really help grandchildren develop emotional regulation skills and that's what my grandmother was teaching me I think that's so interesting because they're they are just in a different stage of life yeah they've lived it they kind of know what their past meant you know maybe they've worked on their stuff hopefully and they get it yeah in a way that parents can't they're just not there yet it's it's crazy to me so so research has shown that children who have close relationships with their grandparents will have better emotional regulation skills. And that obviously is going to lead to better social and academic outcomes. Yes, because people want to be around you. <laughs> You're going to be able to study right. and do well in school. You know, it, it's all the domino effect. So sure, related to that, they're going to have lower, um, some less symptoms of depression and anxiety too. Because mm-hmm. they're going to have more connectedness. 
you're going to have that safe space, yet another place you can go mm-hmm. in adversity or crisis. Yeah, I totally did, especially as I got to the teen years. And um, I was, uh, you know, fed up with my parents. Right. And I can't even remember what it would, <laughs> would be now that I was irritated about. I could just go hang out there. Yeah. Decompress for an hour or two. Wow. Yeah. What a gift. Absolutely. For everybody involved to be able to just go, huh, let's take a breath here. Yeah. Because I don't ever remember her contradicting my, you know, what oh. my parents said or anything, you know, like I, she didn't do that. She just was there. Yeah. Just receiving. She just received. Just listening. Mm-hmm. Just holding that space for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Awesome. Holding space. That's a great way to put it. That's awesome. What are some of the other emotional benefits of grandparents though, Bonnie? We've tried to brainstorm oh, a list. Oh, just helping out your frazzled, tapped out moms. Like you said, being available at the phone call. Hey, I need an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I just need an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me just throw it out there. High five, Thomas Goodwin. We got a call, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago. Emma's pregnant. She was exhausted, feeling really sick. And he was like, you know what? I'm making the call. Before I go to work, I'm going to see if I can find a grandparent to just tag team today and take Dottie Lou. So he, you know, was calling his parents, calling us, seeing like, Hey, can you take them for this part of the time and then hand them off to the other grandparent, take yeah. take her that part of the time, just give her a few hours to recover. That's a great gift. Yeah. If you have them nearby, that's if you, awesome. Yeah. If you're able to do that. And if you're not nearby, you know what? You can do it for someone else's child. When we were in Indianapolis, there was a mom in our Sunday school class a grandmother age mom. Mm-hmm. And she just said, Hey, do you want me to take your kids on Thursdays? <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to cry. I raise my hand. I was like, yes, please. Oh my goodness. Me. So we would do school in the morning. We'd come after lunch and I have, would have like two or three hours. Awesome. To myself. And I just, it was such a gift. I will always love Miss Kay for what she gave, wow. gave me during that that's, season of life. That is a gift. If you can do that for somebody else. Yes. Um, well, and origin stories, I yeah. loved hearing stories Yeah, about like how my grandparents grew up and yeah, those kind of things stick with you. Yeah. You remember them later on and pull them out. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Oh, and then, like I said before, it gives, gives them a comfort with older people. Oh yeah. You just kind of know how to, to I mean, there's older people in the world that aren't your grandparents you're going to have to interact with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, in that same vein, they keep you flexible. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're having to communicate with someone who's generationally so very different than you, both directions. Right. I think one of the coolest things about being with grandparents is it gives kids insight into their own mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Because some of those origin origin stories include, hey, when your dad was little, <laughs> this is how he got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Kids love that stuff. Yeah. And explains a lot. You know, as yeah. you get a little bit older, you go, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle so-and-so. <laughs> oh, that ex- I'm putting it all together yeah. now. I'm putting all the pieces together. And academically, it's, it's worth just noting one more time uh, that when grandparents are involved in the lives of their grandchildren, the grandchildren benefit. I'm, I'm assuming the grandparents do too, but the studies show 40 per, 42% of grandparents surveyed reported helping their grandchildren with homework or school projects at least once a week. And 87% said that that helped them improve in school. Right. Yes. I think it goes both ways because as we know, we don't all know the technology and things are changing at a breakneck pace. So the younger generations helping the older generation, I can't tell you how many times my kids have taken their grandparents' phones or helped them set up their TV, you know, Here's how you work this. Here's how you text. Here's how you take a picture. Helping so them with email. I love that. Yeah. I remember doing that. Um, watching my, actually, I didn't do it. I watched my brothers do that with my grandfather with email, with yeah. the email. The email. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the spiritual heritage that we can give our grandchildren. I mean, the, the American Western worldview is that, you know, our golden years should be leisure, self-indulgent. You know, we just retire and it's, it's me time, me time. Mm -hmm. Or they see themselves as just a free babysitting service who like spoil the grandkids and then send them back a wreck, sugar high, sleep deprived, you know, messes, or they just show up at birthday parties. All, All these, all these are just such a flat Right. View of what it means to be a grandparent. It's kind of sidelining. Yeah. That's kind of how you put it. And 
they're having a presence, but are they really making a difference, a long lasting difference in their grandkids' lives? And I think, as you pointed out before with the scriptures that we saw, there is a responsibility of passing mm-hmm. on that faith and that heritage to and, your grandchildren. And so as a grandparent, one of the things I think um, is, that's my responsibility is to understand how this generation is thinking. And so that's, that's emerging, right? Cause they're all little right now, but, mm-hmm. but they're not going to see the world the way I see it. Right. And so it's my, it's my responsibility to try and get in their shoes and understand the world they're living in, the challenges they're going to face and, and then just be real with my own spiritual journey. Yeah. Have your testimonies ready to whip out. Yeah. What are your God moments in your life? I am not sure that is something that a lot of grandparents see or want to do. I think as you get older, as we get older, you know, we get in our little ruts and we have our ways of thinking and that's where we want to stay put because we're very, we're perfectly fine. Thank you. Well, yeah. But well, when we you, know, and we know stuff and we, and we do, we, we actually do know stuff now. Yes. <laughs> but um, like you said, to kind of raise above that and see, they're not going to think like you do and you need, in order to communicate at all or to understand and get each other, you're going to have to see things from different perspectives. So that is called growth, yes. <laughs> first of all. Yes. And if we ever stop growing, that's when we start dying. That's right. So I'm hoping, um, I mean, the challenge is when you hit 50, 60, 70, and on and on, you're still you're still learning stuff. Mm-hmm. You're still taking in information and being teachable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the grandparents, I mean, the grandchildren's responsibility in in this deal is to be teachable you know, to have a teachable heart, to listen, even if it hits different and doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back of some of the things my dad told me, I wasn't a grandparent, it was just a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, man, he was so right. But it, it took me 20 or 30 years to kind of see it. Yeah. So to, to have that relational capital, to be able to, yeah, to at least hear it, hear it mm-hmm. and store it away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just put that on, yeah, yeah, put that on hold. You know, I love some John Stone Street, and he collaborated with this group called the Legacy Coalition. Mm. So you can find them, legacycoalition.com. We'll link to it. Um, they have resources, they have conferences, they have weekly Monday webinars. And I think last year, I think it was last year, he, he was an invited speaker at one of the conferences and they of course live streamed it across the country. He was noting that the current divide between boomers and millennials between grandparents and their grandchildren is vast and challenging in his words. Mm. And the, the three hangups he says are technology, sexuality, and Trump. And by Trump, he doesn't mean like the actual person of Donald Trump, although that probably does also exist. He just means the political divide. Since COVID-19 and all the issues we've had with race and things in our country, he said, you know, the world has significantly changed. There's been so many shifts and grandparents have lived through a lot of these and grandchildren are just living in the wake of them. Yeah. You got to realize where you are in that cultural river and yeah. where your grandkid is. Mm-hmm. And what Legacy Coalition is doing is helping us understand that the moral shifts we've experienced are the fruit, not the root. And so they're they're trying to unpack, okay, what's the real root of all these shifts um, in our culture? Yeah. Um, and what he says is, I love this, that it's not really, we think that it's about right and wrong and what we think is right and wrong, but really the root of that is what we think it means to be human. Mm-hmm. And that's a way deeper and um, cooler conversation to have with your grandchild than what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. But it will still eventually get to the what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, when you really understand what it means to have a body, a soul, and a spirit, then you'll start to ask the right kind of questions like what's right for this body, soul, and spirit that I'm stewarding. Right. So good. So yeah, Legacy Coalition, um, definitely check them out. And then, you know, there's all the warm and fuzzy things, Bonnie, about grandparents, but sometimes things aren't so great. Sometimes you're not on the same page. 
And you really don't want your grandparents to spend time with the kids because, like you said, it takes you seven days to reprogram, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. (sighs) So what do you do then? Well, (laughs) I mean, ideally you would have a conversation, right? This is why we're doing this. We would really love for you to do this with us, Mm -hmm. you know, and you could get on the same page. But if you can't, then you have to talk with your spouse about maybe limiting contact or limiting the amount of time. Yeah. And this is a sticking point for you. So what are we talking about? What are we not talking about in terms of like what would be worthy of having this conversation to limit contact or. Right. You're not. To- is it just because you don't like saying who they. The grandparents are toxic. We're cutting them off. Yeah. Like it's not no. like we don't like who they voted for. So now we can't be around them. No, 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 no. It's, it's more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are they just leaving a lot of wreckage in the wake when they come and visit or when you go and visit them or when you let your grandkids go and spend the, the day or the night of the week with them? I mean, if it's sugar overload and too much TV. I mean, that's annoying, but that's, uh, yeah, you can get over that. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's one day in a, a sea of days. That's not going to have that much influence. But if you're with them a lot of times, you mm-hmm. know, if they're the major caregiver or if um, they're just coming over all the time, like a lot of these statistics say. Or just the go-to babysitter. I see that a lot. Right. Like that's the, because they're free. Yeah. They are the grandparents that they're free, like with time, but they're free with cost. And that's sure. a big factor. And a I family. see a lot of young moms struggling going, ah, am I really going to pay $20 an hour for a sitter? Right. When the grandparents are nearby, but it's there's always that. something. Right. But they've got CNN on constant replay at 20 decibels. And it's just like the world's worst news lines yeah. coming into my kid's head. And they come home with nightmares. Yeah. You have to have those conversations. Yeah. And say, that's like, that's not what's best for the kiddo. Right. So grandparents, like that train has left the station. Your your authority is now delegated authority from your children to you when you have them. And it's it's our job to respect our children's boundaries. Yeah. Our grown children. If you want the ones have, we raised. If you want to have that influence and all the cool mm-hmm. benefits that come with that, then just do that. I mean, have I been tired and wanted to put Dottie Lou in front of a video? But they don't do that. They don't do videos, except very rarely. Mm. So I don't do it. I'm not going to just plop her in front of a video because I'm tired. Right. Good for you. Because I'm trying to honor, you know, what they want to do. And it's fine. Don't worry. I mean, you don't have to tell me, like, tell me I can let her do it. It's fine. It's good for me, too. <laughs> right. It's good for me to be creative. Exactly. And be They're like, how can and we, growing this new way of being. How can we rest yep. and not do a video? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you, you really, grandparents... You ought to respect your children's boundaries and then you're not putting them in the position to have to have this conversation with you. Right. Right. If they're not asking you to do anything harmful, which right, they're not asking you to do anything harmful, yeah. going down for a nap is not a harmful thing. Exactly. And if you think it is as a grandparent, you're not maybe having to live with that child for the next week. Who and are these grandparents with endless energy who don't need the kid to take a nap? I'm like so ready. I'm like, yes, nap time. <laughs> Nay's going to sit down too. They just have them for a little bit of time and they yeah. want all the time they can get while I guess, they have them. I guess. I understand that too. But yeah. That will come when they get older. Yeah. But also parents, moms. You need to let grandma and granddaddy do some things their way too. It doesn't have to all be your way. You know, If <laughs> I had to learn this just as a mom. Like, it's okay if they have meat and dessert when David has them. Right. They don't have to have the vegetables. It's okay. Yeah. And a popsicle every day or maybe three times a day. It's not going to hurt them for a short time. Right. Right. They may be testing the limits with you when they get back, but it's not the end of the world. Right. So it's okay to let your grandparents have a little bit of fun and it's yes. okay to let them do things a little differently. Correct. Just, you're just talking about the big rocks here. Yes. The hills exactly. to die on. Exactly. And then I was just trying to think, okay, what's grandparent stories in scripture? I mean, we started with Abraham and Moses at the beginning of the podcast, but the, the most prominent one that came to my mind was Timothy, Eunice, and Lois. Mm-hmm. Eunice is a good grandma name. Eunice. <laughs> The, would Eunice wrestle a cow and win? I, I think I she, like would. she I would. Might. I would bet on Eunice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the history of this in Acts 16, we see Paul coming to Derby and Lystra and a disciple was there named Timothy. And he's called the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer and his father was a Greek. 
So this was common, you know, an, an adult would come to know Jesus Christ and then the household would be divided. Paul had to write letters to address mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also we find out a little more information, second Timothy one five, we, where he's writing, Paul's writing a letter to Timothy about how to run a church, how to plan a church, a couple of letters. Actually, he says, I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois and your mother, Eunice. And I'm sure that is in you as well. So he, he says later on from childhood, you've known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he got them. He got the knowledge of saving faith from his mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. Mm -hmm. Even when the dad wasn't in the picture sharing those things, which is cool. I mean, that's just cool to me that these two women had such an influence on this person of faith. And really, he became kind of Paul's mentee. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Paul was the mentor. He was the mentee. That's right. Yeah. And they're not doing it in this perfect way. Lois and Eunice were not perfect, right? Right. They had messy stuff in their lives too. And that's what they were showing him. Look, here's our hardships. Here's what we've lived through. Here's the mistakes that we've made. Here's how we came through to the other side. This is how you suffer well. This is how you, you know, apologize well. All the things that parents are trying to do, but grandparents can sort of tell it in a way that they can hear it better sometimes. You know, I'm thinking about this. The statistics say that when the father does not attend church, modern statistics, that the children, when they're grown, the majority of them walk away, at least for quite some time from the faith that was handed down to them. So what did Lois and Eunice do to kind of beat the odds? Of course, their culture is very different than ours. Right. But the, the phrasing Paul uses gives us a couple of hints. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. And um, one of the places I researched said the Greek word for sincere means undisguised. So it, they didn't put on a show for him. They, like you said, they mm-hmm. let them see him, see their lives. It was a genuine faith. And despite being a divided household um, in terms of religion, he was able to catch glimpses of Jesus that really made an impact on him. That's what we do. That's what we need. That's what we strive for Mm -hmm. as parents. And then also as grandparents is to have an undisguised faith, a genuine faith that dwells with us. That did we just go day in and day out our everyday lives? Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be fireworks. Most of the time it's not quiet, faithful lives. Mm -hmm. You put it this way. Um, Paul is saying, Faith made its home in their lives. I love that. It took Mm -hmm. up residence. It made a bunch of memories on good days and bad days. It was just present. This, this alive faith that's just part of you. Yeah. I mean, we, you hear the phrase like want to be on fire for God. Well, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's images of the Holy spirit, tongues of fire and all that, but there is this, this beautiful other vision of just quiet faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That doesn't um, doesn't make the headlines. It doesn't get on the reality TV shows. You know, it's these quiet, faithful lives where you're just getting it done yeah. with the people around you, and presenting a picture so beautiful of what what it means to follow Jesus that the children and grandchildren in your lives go. I think I want a piece of that too. I want to I want to taste and see right if God is really that good. I think that's what Timothy did, and that's what we want. That is what we for want for our grandchildren. Well, this was a good that's rambling a good long episode. one. It was. Grandparents are fun. It is, and <laughs> hopefully, we're going to continue this series. We want to get some grandparents. Yeah, some besides besides young Nay over here. Besides we get, me, <laughs> I want to see if I can get my mom, and we'll get some other ones on here too. Oh, come here, Dottie Lou just walked up. This is perfect for the grandparents episode. <laughs> you want to sit with me, Dottie Lou, with hey. the microphone? Tell me who loves you so much. Who loves you? Dad. Dad, dad. Who else loves you? Nay. That's right. Nay loves you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love you, Nay. I love you, too. All right, we'll wrap up. I'm going to just sit here with Dottie Lou in my lap. If you want to talk, you can talk. If not, you can just sit. So you can find these resources and 
<laughs> she just pulled my headphones off. Okay. <laughs> so you can find these resources at our website, just askyourmom.com, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Take a few seconds, please, to rate and review the podcast, and please share us with your friends and family. And if you have topic suggestions, send them to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, Ask Your, Your Mom. Mom.